Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, we're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft and Marks. My name is John. I'm the host of this show and the producer of Wrestling Daft with Rab and Grado. Uh, with me, sitting across from me, virtually to my right on Zoom, is a man bigger than the big, big ladder at Money in the Bank. It's Big Alex. Good afternoon, John. I hope you're talking about the ladder that Big, Big Jeff Hardy jumps off. Yeah, yeah, it is the big, big ladder that Big, Big Jeff Hardy goes up to to take the big, big bumps. Fantastic. So I don't want to be a normal sized ladder. That's just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And not someone that's normal sized, someone that's big in the wrestling industry. He's drops name. In fact, I was going to do a little analogy where you can normally do, but I've got a feeling what's that here? Is that the name drop liar? Yes, it is. Because he's about to drop a name right now. It's Gary Cassidy. Who did you interview this week, Gary Cassidy? Hello, John and Alex. Uh, this week I had the pleasure of viewing uh, Matt Riddle, one half or one third of the NXT Tag Team Champions, which was a uh, great fun. Absolutely, and we have even if it was at three AM. <laughs> Listen, you've taken one for the show. We have that interview. <laughs> Gary has been all over the wrestling press. I've seen him on Cultaholic. I've seen him on Bleacher, and now we have that full interview with Matt Riddle on this show today. Gary, what can we expect from the stallion? Um, honestly, uh, he's the kind of guy that just couldn't care less what he, not that he couldn't care less what he says, but he's not going to try and hide anything, he doesn't try and put on any kind of facade, um, so it tells me a wee bit about, you know, the bros are weights, about NXT, but of course I had to ask him about the rumours, you know, the backstage heat that he supposedly had at the Royal Rumble, and then what he thought about uh, Goldberg, uh, his, recent, uh, <laughs> his recent wee run in WWE, so... He had a, quite a lot to say on that. It's definitely one that, you know, I said that it was 3 a.m. I was absolutely knackered before I done the interview. And then when I was doing the interview and afterwards, I was wide awake because I was like, man, that's he said quite a lot of stuff there that has got my mind ticking. So definitely one hopefully people will enjoy. No, Did I- you have a little counter down the bottom for every time you said the word stallion or bro? <laughs> and then we could have had a bet. What did he say more, bro or stallion? Bro or stallion? I did not, but um, I'll let you in on a wee thing that I, I did before um, before I hit the record button. I phoned up and, you know, I'll, I'll keep the person's name out of it, but the person that had set it up, um, they, they're like, oh, just phone me. It was the same as the last time. Just phone me. I'll be sitting with him. I'll pass the phone to him uh, when you phone. And I phoned and I was like, hello, is the name of the person there? And it was, no, bro, it's Matthew Riddle. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that's the most Matt Riddle thing ever. <laughs> Brilliant. Know, good fun, definitely good fun. Right, so listen, we've got that interview on the show today, though it does sound like you've recorded it on a modem. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, the, the software um, wasn't quite my best friend, uh, I will say, so the audio isn't amazing, sadly. But if you like the audio and you want to check it well, then you can just go on my Twitter and I've got the article linked if you prefer reading as well. You can do that old-fashioned thing called reading as well, but you'll be able to hear the interview with Matt Riddle. And I believe you, you, <laughs> might, be dropping, you might be dropping another name here as well for this week, Gary. I, um so annoyingly, I had a message about a potential interview for this week, uh, last week, and I was just too late to get a, a pretty big interview. It might still be happening. I'll just say the name of who that is, um, but it might not happen, so, you know, don't get the hopes up. Uh, I'll do a John, what John normally does at the end of the show. It's no Hardcore Holly. Um, <laughs> it's, no, it's no another big name. But I was meant to be interviewing John Boxley. Sadly, I was a wee bit late on that. So I might get that one next week. 
we'll wait and see. But it's a good replacement I've got anyway. I've got Christian, um, so hopefully that will be one that people will quite enjoy hearing as well. Wow. And hopefully we'll be able to hear that on this show. Brilliant. Love it. Love it. Most um, definitely. Um, listen, we'll get into the Riddle interview and, and, and more on that later, but I need to put this question to you because I thought this was great. Now, Chris on Twitter, he's one of our Wrestling Daft people on there. Uh, you can get us on Twitter, at Wrestling Daft. Listen to this question. I want to put this to you guys. He says, given that Piers Morgan seems to have had a bit of a face turn after being a heel for so long, you know, because he seems to be a man of the people now over this whole uh, COVID-19 stuff. He's He's taking the government to task, all this sort of stuff. So Piers Morgan's going through what, you know, from a heel to a face. He asks this question, can you think of any other celebs who have turned heel or face? Alex, could it come to you first in this one? I can think of a few, right? So, so my first thought was like a nice big face turn. You could think about like Robert Downey Jr. and his like return from like his, his drug addiction and stuff. Yes. And then my mind started going down, who's done the opposite? So I went to like Lindsay Lohan. And then things started getting a little bit darker. So I started thinking about who's done the same thing in sports. So I was like, oh, Tiger Woods. Yeah. I know Jay Simpson. And then I started thinking about the acting industry. And I got on to Kevin Spacey and Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. So, that's, so then I just stopped. So I don't want to think about this anymore, John. I've had enough. I'm done. Right. There's a lot have went face. There's a lot of went face to heel. There's not so many went heel to face in the celebrity world. I've kind of found what I was thinking about. Gary, have you got one for us? Uh, again, mines are quite dark. I'll, I'll avoid the other, you know, the other um, face to heel ones because they were all quite morbid. One that went uh, for heel to face, weirdly, I would say, was Jade Goody. That's also quite a morbid yes. one, but I'd say she went uh, heel to face. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my one uh, I quite liked that went face to heel. I was very but when you sent it over, I was like, I immediately went to entertainment stuff and character because I think the original heel, the guy that would have been amazing in wrestling, is Wu from Gladiators because I think he went face to heel every single week. And more <laughs> heel turns the big show. Um, so I think uh, Wu for Gladiators for me. Wu for Gladiators, brilliant. He's also got a theme tune pre-ready as well. It's pre-recorded. That's very, exactly. very true. Very true. Um, I had to go for the ultimate, yeah, I think the ultimate uh, face to heel, rather than Sir Jimmy Savile, surely. I still can't drive through Fort William, mate, because of that. So. <laughs> but surely that's the ultimate turn. Anyway, listen, we've got the scoop this week with Matt Riddle. That is going to be on the show later on. We'll hear how Gary got on with Matt Riddle. Um, on Fantasy Booking Island, I won last week, so I hold the book. So it's Alex versus Gary on Fantasy Booking Island. And this week, we're keeping it topical. We want to book the Money in the Bank winner and how they're going to cash in. So that's what's going to happen on Fantasy Booking Island as Alex takes on Gary. We'll be burying and putting over all the stuff from the shows this week. And Gary will have all the news from the business. But first, it's time to cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So, as always, someone needs to cut a promo on something they're not happy about in the world of wrestling. And as usual, it's John. Here's the microphone. I'm telling you something, Alex. Here's what's doing my goat in at the moment. It has done for weeks. I think I've talked about this before, and I'm at the end of my tether with it. In the olden days, let's go back to WWE in the 80s. Let's go back to WCW. People would walk to the ring. They stride to the ring with purpose. That's all they need. That's all you need, right? Then we get into a wrestling match. Ring the bell. Here we go. Now, right, I love an entrance. Don't get me wrong. I love an entrance. Right? 
but someone started this, and I don't know who started this, somewhere down the line, that everyone now, every wrestler that comes to the ring, and especially on products like NXT, they have to have some fucking ridiculous hand symbol gesture shit that they do on the stage. And then they go to the ring, and they have this pre-planned little thing that they do, this little act that they do. Now, fine, right? Now, maybe one or two people get away with it. Finn Balor, for example. Let's just, we're letting Finn Balor off the hook here. because AJ Styles? AJ Styles, no. He's no, got he's, merch with it, mate. He's got merch with it. He's got merch, but it's, I'm not accepting it. So, you know, here's my bit of advice. You know, if you want to do little hand gestures or something like that, learn sign language, go and interpret for the deaf or something like that. Get on an airport, you know, be one of these people that signal to the planes to come in. You know, be a traffic cop, handle stuff in the road. If you want to do little hand signals and gestures, do one of those professions. Do not become a professional wrestler. There is no need. There is no need to do hand gestures. Just get your arse in the ring, let the bell ring, Boom. Let's have a good match. Don't fanny about going about with little... Sip. You've seen them all. You've seen them all, and everybody has to have one now. It's a thing that everybody has to have one. Why? Why? John, who is hurting you? Who, who have you seen recently? Who's hurting you so badly? Everyone. Alex, it's everyone. You watch NXT every week. They just come... Everyone has to do something. They have to hang off the rope or hang upside down or do a cartwheel into the ring or, you know, do some sort of fancy... Dominic Dijakovic points at his fucking eyes. I mean, come on. I'll admit, the one, the one that gets me is always Pete Dunne, just, just doing that all the time, just constantly punching his own face about eight times in his entrance. Yeah, I don't really mind... Uh... I don't mind that stuff, but I think it's more noticeable now when it's, uh, you know, there's no crowd and they climb onto the turnbuckle and do the, the big, you know, like, that's the, that's the one that gets me. But also, the other one, and I think they've edited them out in the past, Rhea Ripley was the, the famous one, that she interrupted a brawl and still done her taunt on the stage before interrupting the brawl. And it's like, no, you should have a sense of urgency, urgency to run to the ring and stop the brawl. <laughs> exactly. Stop it now. It's certainly, like you say, more noticeable because there's no crowd to react to this shite, right? So let's just put a full stop. <laughs> let's put a full stop on hand gestures and little symbols and all that pish. Get into the ring. Have a wrestling match. Thank you very much. John most definitely does not think hand gestures are um, too sweet. And for anyone that just uh, tuned into the podcast, John is not talking about the type of hand gestures you think he's talking about. <laughs> I've got a hand gesture for everyone that does that. The ones in the video version. Here you go. You're all a bunch of... Uh... <laughs> right now, it's time to tell you about Patreon. Now, Patreon is a service which, if you've not heard of it, it's a subscription service where basically you give us money and we'll give you extra content. And it's that easy. Um, basically we've got set up on patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft you'll find there three tiers um, which you can choose um, each tier has a different level of content on so tier one is our cruiserweight champion that's about four dollars a month for some reason we have to do it in dollars I don't know why it's about three quid um, I would say that'll get your coffee for the week but no one none of the costas are, are open <laughs> so uh, yeah just spend your money on wrestling daft uh, patreon um, basically, in tier one, you're going to get 
know, like chat community, you'll get ad-free versions of the shows, uh, you get early episodes uh, access, bonus content from the shows, you get a full video version of the Marks podcast, so you can see me, Gary and Alex, though Alex has went to the toilet, so you won't see him <laughs> at this point. Um, you can vote on what you want to see in the feature in the, the list of wrestling daft as well for Rabin Radio. And there's Alex return just as we speak about him. Um, tier 2, Intercontinental Champion. That's $10 a month, about seven seventy. About two of your costers, which you can't buy. Uh, you'll get everything from Tier 1 as well as a video version of Rab and Grado on the flagship show. And trust me, you want to see the video version from this week. If you've not seen any of our videos so far, the one with Hornswoggle, you need to see. That's the video version by signing up to be an Intercontinental Champion on our Patreon. Um, you'll also get an invite to our Patreon pay-per-view parties if you sign up to be an Intercontinental Champion. And we're having one for money in the bank. Yay! So you, you, I don't know, I've not asked you boys this yet. He's up for it, coming on for a bit of Patreon party this uh, Sunday. I don't think I'll be doing anything better. So um, <laughs> sounds yeah. good to me. Well, there you go, Alex Yen. As if working at nine o'clock is a thing during lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I'm just looking that day, it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. If you're in lockdown and you can't be bothered going to your work till nine o'clock, stay up with us. We'll be watching Money in the Bank together. Me, Alex, Gary, and the rest of our patrons. You can get involved as well. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. And you'll also, on tier two, get a bonus episode once a month, which we're thinking should be out next week. And possibly it's going to be Grado the beginning as I interview Grado and his beginnings in wrestling so we're going to start that hopefully that'll be out next week and tier 3 finally that's $20 a month about 15 quid everything the previous tiers and you'll get free tickets to live events when we get them up and running once this shit stops uh, you get a free wrestling daft t-shirt as well with the design of your choice if you've been signed up for a minimum of three months and actually we've been on the go in patreon for three months so we're just about to send our first lot of t-shirts out to all our patrons just now so get signed up there plus you get the chance to come on this show as a mark uh, and great grab and Gradle this week are also looking for 20 dollar patrons to get involved in the flagship show so we can question them I don't know what Greg was going to ask, but yeah, you can get signed up there. So if you fancy coming over Patreons, like I say, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, and we'll welcome you in to our roster. So every week we like to look back at the big wrestling shows and basically buddy and put over all the good and bad from them. At this point, we like to bring on a Phil Mark so none of us have to watch SmackDown. And uh, our special guest this week is from the Scottish Wrestling Network. He set it up. He's the man in charge. It's Billy. I, I, SmackDown. God. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, hello. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Billy, listen, just in case people don't know what the Scottish Wrestling Network is, please tell the people what you do. I spend a lot of time writing about Scottish wrestling and roping anyone that'll do it to write about Scottish wrestling as well, because I love it. So everyone else has to know about it as well. So obviously it's a bit slower for you at the moment, um, Billy, with it, with obviously this whole lockdown scenario. But you've kind of come up with a novel way of how to keep the, the Scottish wrestling scene alive, haven't you? Talk, talk us through that. Well, um, I for some whatever reason on Twitter, there was a reminiscing about five-star wrestling. Um, Rest so. <laughs> yeah, and someone made a joke about the the big tournament, and I was just like, "Well, what if I do a 128 wrestler tournament on tour?" 
and uh, Dean Ford, who, who wrestles for PBW mainly, went, we'll do it. So that was it. That's how it started. Um, we just did an online tournament, and wrestlers seem to be getting super involved with it because there's nothing else to do. Um, so they've done promos and and uh, they've they've been nipping at each other and just getting involved. And so we did that, which uh, was won by Grant McIver um, from Source. And then, I was going to say my favourite one was most definitely Grant McIver. Um, he, the, the his was promo on Angel Hayes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his 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 No Mercy one, I think, because was that one. Is, is he did a uh, the No Mercy uh, unlock screen for his attires, which was just incredible. <laughs> Um, we also had Ian Skinner he did a load, load of TikToks for it and when he got eliminated he just went into a right huff it was just brilliant um, so yeah then we did the Battle Bowl which was wrestlers got to enter themselves into it so it was old school like WCW Battle Bowl so as we're still in lockdown King of Trios is next obviously because we've done single we've done tag team so Clan Warfare there we are and uh Again, everyone got to enter their, their own team so that folk would actually get involved. And the last team entered was Wrestling Daft. Yes. Now, on that, right, okay. So do you take bribery on this? <laughs> How does this work? Um, it's it's all Twitter-based polls. So as long as you make up enough uh, fake accounts, I'm sure that you'll be able to get through. That's good to know. That's good to know. Listen, I've got a couple of contacts in Russia. Don't worry about it. I'll be fine. <laughs> Alex, I'm, I'm coming. To, I'm coming to you on the tech, Gary. You've got the social following, so yeah, we, that's how we're going to roll on this one. I would say that Grado and Rab, you know, obviously they've got thousands of thousands of followers on Twitter, but there is no chance we'll get anything from those. <laughs> um, listen, we're on our own. So who's who's our first opponents, Billy? Uh, you have I'll get their names up last opponents <laughs> <laughs> you've got the team called Two and a Half Men right uh, there are Mark Monroe Ace Anderson and Dylan Angel if you are listening to this podcast our, our match is on Wednesday is that right Billy? it is yeah Wednesday it'd probably be around about five o'clock ish just whenever right, okay. if, you're li- if you listen to the podcast between now and Wednesday at five o'clock Get on Twitter, get onto the Scottish Wrestling Network Twitter and vote for Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat or the Marks. I think we're under, aren't we? We're, you're under is that, but that can change if you want to Chips, Cheese and Donner I think we've got to change the Chips, Cheese and Donner Meat, John. Chips, I think that's by far the wrestling death faction that I insist we change yeah. to. Right. We can do that. We'll get that done. So, yeah, get involved, uh, and uh, obviously follow the Scottish Wrestling Network for all the up-to-date stuff going on in Scottish wrestling today. But let's get to the weekly TV shows. And as always, we start off at AEW. Alex? So there's been a little bit of a recurring theme here in terms of drinking and wrestling. Normally, every week, John's pissed notes come up and somehow Billy can't get uh, results back from my CW because everyone's too fished. And I'm afraid this week, my notes are slightly questionable. (laughs) So... um, you're probably going to be able to tell from my list of buries here, my level of sobriety. So, probably number one, Mr. John Moxley for still listening to Metallica CDs. Yeah, that man. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a promo when he was like, obviously cut from outside his house. And he's like, I'm going to get in that car. I'm going to drive to Georgia. I'm going to stick on some Metallica CDs. And all I could think is, someone needs to get that man's Spotify subscription so he can make a playlist so he doesn't have to keep scratching. CDs in his car. 
So, so that's one. And my secondary is um, Cody Rhodes for throwing Darby into his wife. <laughs> yeah. And also kind of Brandy for changing during the night. I'm assuming it was more of just an editing screw up, but that wasn't good. Wasn't good. <laughs> and As you can tell, there were some pretty weak buries that week. Yeah, and what you sorry, John? Because you always have lots of good putovers. <clears throat> well, I buried the bubbly bunch last week, but I have to pull over that bubbly bunch this week, 100%. It was the, oh, what did he call it? It was somewhere in Canada. It was some kind of melee. And so the, the inner circle did there, essentially a brawl through a phone. <clears throat> now I have a list of who it all was, and I apologize if any of them was wrong. So they had, in terms of wrestlers, you had the librarian, Pierre Avalon, Jungle Boy, Big Old, I'm going to call him his AEW name, Soul Train Jones. <laughs> then somehow Chris managed to get on slight people of slightly more like mainstream fame. So we had James Garretson from Tiger King. Fortunately enough, I watched that recently, so I knew who that was. We had Jay and Silent Bob. Then we had Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> the one I have to look up, Gabriel Inglesis, is apparently a comedian. And then they had the Incredible Hulk with Taser. <laughs> that brought up the best ever clickbait though because I was very tempted to write an article with just Hulk appears on AEW <laughs> and just see how mental it went <laughs> and on top of it all off Sean they had your boy Swoggle your boy Swoggle was on there as well yeah, from last week I saw, that. I saw that and if you've not listened to that episode of Wrestling Daft one of the best yet go back and listen to it from last Friday with a big interview with Hornswoggle uh, and what's your other put over mate? Second thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him this to you because I've been up almost about to put it over every week, but I've never quite got there. And that's Taz's new little move analysis segments, right? I, I kind of had a little bit of a giggle the first time I saw him because I find Taz slightly hilarious when he's talking about trying to be all serious. It just doesn't, doesn't work for me. But of all the wrestlers to do it, he does make sense as a technical guy. And I think it's adding some legitimacy and it's doing something a little bit different that we haven't seen before. So I think it's quite cool. I think it's quite good. And oh, it's got to be Dustin versus Archer, doesn't it? It has to be Dustin versus Archer. Although I've just kind of noticed that Lance Archer has emo music. And <laughs> I'm the only one who thinks that they came out dressed like a tag team. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they compare, like, Dustin and, uh, Dustin and Archer look way more like a tag team than Archer and Dustin, which I don't understand. I, I, but, um, I did love when Archer came yeah, out. They, that jobber, like this jobber who's appeared on AEW for the last couple of weeks, he basically just came out and threw him out as he was walking into the ring. It was brilliant. I've particularly not mentioned squash matches this week, so I've let Marco stunt off. But um, no, I really like that kind of the underdog Dustin character. I much prefer it this week when he's just when he doesn't need the retirement thing to make the match mean anything. And yeah, they've managed to keep Archer looking like a beast. And they had that moonsault from the old school on the ropes. And you even had the kind of throwback with Cody in the towel and stuff as well. So it's tied a lot of good narrative threads together. And I think there's a lot of hype for Cody versus Archer, which yeah. I believe they're doing next week. Because if they're sending it to double or nothing, it doesn't really make sense to have TNT championship final not on TNT. Yeah. No, it is actually meant to be culminating at double or nothing, which is bizarre. Yeah. I, thought, I thought the same. It should be on TV, 100% should be on TV, but apparently it's a double or nothing. Like, if I'm an exec for TNT right now, I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you name the championship after us, but it's first, it's going to be one, not on our network. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, that's a very good point. Right, okay, NXT from me. 
Um, right, let's go to the buddies. Uh, right, Johnny Gargano does not work as a healer. We all agree. I, no, I'm not a fan I mean, of it. I quite liked a couple of the wee, a couple of the wee lines I said I, I quite liked, but um, I am not a fan. It just seems like he, he obviously in, in this episode of NXT was uh, a company Candice LeRae to the ring for our match against uh, Casey Cantazzaro. But you know he's doing all the kind of heel management stuff and all that sort of stuff. It just it doesn't seem natural. It's you know some people seem natural when they do a heel turn. He seems really forced, and I I, I don't like it. I don't. No, they should have done. They should have done like a weird odd couple thing with them where they turned Candice heel and left Johnny face. I built this weird dynamic between the two, or done something like interesting like that because she could have still won the match for Johnny, but he didn't know about it or something. And I was gonna say, I find with Johnny Gargano, he's, he's instead of a, his angry face, it's looks like he's about to cry face. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he tries to do a really angry promo where he's supposed to be getting all this heat, he just sounds like he's just whinging. And yeah, that automatically just makes me go, just, just just be nice again. You're not good at it. Just stop being angry. I really liked the one line that he said where it was uh, currently residing in my heart. I thought that was uh, that was brilliant. But apart from that, I wasn't a fan. No, no, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. The other thing I'm going to buddy from this week uh, is Adam Cole around the house again. I've, I've talked about this for a couple of weeks now of Adam Cole just finding different places in the house of where to cut a promo from. I just be honest with the audience, he can't get out of the house clearly. And now he's cutting houses. We've had we've had his swimming pool, we've had his greenhouse, we've had his living room, and now this week he was in his garage. So um I not a fan of it, but I guess needs must in these times. I also find that he recorded them all on the same day. Uh, yeah, I, I think he yeah. has. I think does he does he still have that like niggling wrist injury that he's had for ages? Could they have just maybe taken this as an opportunity to maybe try and heal that? Maybe give him some time off because he was working like a bloody idiot when he had that. Yeah, maybe, maybe he should have done that. I tell you what, another another one for, from this week, just a, an honorary mention. It's probably uh, I don't know, I didn't understand why they had both Tom Phillips and Mauro Ronello on commentary. Whatever happened to the two-man commentary team? We could easily have Ronello and um, Beth uh, on commentary together rather than the three of them. I don't see. I didn't see the point in that. Maybe Beth's not got enough Beths. I, I don't think she's can cut over Morrow very well. And if you notice from a lot of the NXT commentary, he often speaks to Nigel, but he rarely speaks to Beth. I thought Tom Phillips was there to kind of distract to the fact that Morrow and Beth weren't in the building. Um, I thought that was the main reason he was there was just to kind of have an on-screen presence although I don't think it was needed but I thought yeah. that was the, the reason yeah. so that's the, the the buddies from this week let's uh, move on to the put over now a couple of weeks ago I was burying the fact that people were getting kidnapped on live television and no one was reacting to it <laughs> but I'm now intrigued of, I want to see where it goes you know it, I think the one thing I would say obviously with this luchador kidnapping thing going on in the NXT if you haven't seen it basically luchadors are getting kidnapped all over the place Phantasma's been able to fight them off uh, but it's very similar to kind of Dark Order because they're obviously they've got the lucha masks on and they're, they're doing that thing but I'm now intrigued to see where it goes and you know I'll be intrigued to find out I, you know I expect like, almost like a Nexus style invasion of NXT with all these luchadors I think that'd be really cool to see so Is there, there could be any connection between them and the Smackdown hacker Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. Because they, they're starting to have a little bit of continuity between all the shows, so maybe it's... I don't know. Uh, maybe. I maybe, I, I, I'm also going to put over... Um, 
Candice LeRae, I think she looks good as a heel. You know, but the op- opposite of Gargano, actually, you know, they've done the NXT thing of putting her in black and dyeing her hair. But that new heel theme she's got coming out to is badass. And see that new finisher? Oof! The that, finishing move, aye. The, that the looks finishing move great. That looks sear, I have to say. I wouldn't even want to take that one. Um, so, yeah, the Wicked Stepsister finisher has gone. Looks really, really good. Um, so, yeah, putting over Larray is a heel, but Buddy and Johnny is a, a heel. So, there you go. Make with that what you want. Um, and match the night for me, it was just the pure hoarseness. The pure hoarseness of Keith Lee and Damien Priest throwing each other about like big bastards. Oh, I don't know who Damien Priest is. Sorry. Alex. Punishment, Rodriguez. Thank you very much. I know you don't recognise Damien Priest. Uh, so yeah, that was it from NXT. Now it's time for Billy to take the SmackDown bullet. Though it's picking up the last couple of weeks. Billy, what have you got for us? Well, is this the first time I've watched SmackDown in full? Well, in full, it's only about an hour long. Um, for about eight years. Uh, <laughs> It's, Look what you've done to the bad shot. All, all, all just to plug Clan Warfare I've done this for you guys. Right. Um, so it, it wasn't that bad, really. Um, there's just a lot of stuff, you know. Um, so Daniel Bryan cut a great promo with Corbin, um, which I really enjoyed. I enjoyed. I like Daniel Bryan. He's obviously wrestled in front of nobody before. So he's able to just kind of still control, not control a crowd, but he's able to control an audience. So he's still got some laughs for his little, like, not insider jokes, but like he's sort of like lampooning of just this whole situation. Um, Taking an elevator to, to win money in the bank so he can go to the top and all that kind of stuff. And that was great. Um, and Corbin, he, he brought his half to the equation as well. So that's my first up, um, at first uh, put over. It was just Daniel Bryan and Corbin because um, they really bounced off well with each other. And the match itself was pretty good as well. Um, but it's Daniel Bryan. You really got to expect some sort of good match out of it. Um, but quickly followed by my first down is we've still got Nakamura and Cesaro attacking Daniel Bryan, which I thought might have just stopped after WrestleMania. Um, so we've still got that. And then Corbin is still got two pals with him so that doesn't seem to ever end because he's always Corbin is the most charismatic wrestler on the roster and everyone just wants to be his pal that's the only way we can (laughs) think why he is that would be the only reason because he he seems to have all these these bad guy friends but always either give him an entourage that stays with him or just don't bother don't just don't throw random bad guys with him because it just seems Stupid. Um, a lot of other stuff happened. The Firefly Funhouse. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit over that at the moment. I've, I feel like we've been over-fiended, over-fireflied at the moment, and it kind of culminated at WrestleMania uh, with the Firefly Funhouse match. I think because we're in a situation where they're only using as like as little amount of wrestlers as possible, um, I would have preferred if Bray had a bit of a break and then would have had a, a big run-up to SummerSlam. But um, we've just got to work with what they've got, I suppose. I'm not that excited for Strowman versus Wyatt. Is it Wyatt or The Fiend he's facing? Uh, Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse Wyatt, yeah. I'm even less excited about it now. Um, <laughs> the people Wyatt versus Strowman. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still going to watch it. I'm, I'm in lockdown, so it's not like I have to get up for work at any particular time. <laughs> um, 
then Seamus versus Jeff Hardy teased. Yeah, I'll, I'll give that a put over because that seems to be quite exciting. Actually, no, I'm going to reserve that because there is actually a good thing coming up, uh, which is Sonia uh, attacking Mandy, uh, which was great. Uh, Mandy and Sonia, who seemingly, I thought they were fairly like a charisma vacuum as, a, as fire and desire um, on screen. When you see them with things like, uh, what's that, right along, this time, like, they're great. Um, they're so funny and all that kind of stuff, but on TV, they just look like crap. But this feud has been one of the best this year, which you never thought would would happen um, when you when you when you saw them in the outset. But yeah, the great intense attack uh, from Sonia onto Mandy, uh, which was followed by Otis making a noise when Ziggler <laughs> spoke to him. Um, I'm I'm probably in the I'm very much in the minority. I'm not a fan of Otis. And, which makes it which makes the main event worse because I'm not a fan of Ziggler either. So <laughs> I just you don't like ridiculous over bumping or the caterpillar. Yeah, you should have just turned it off at this point. Really. I, I I I get why we should like Otis and I get why we should dislike Ziggler, but I don't have any opinion on Ziggler, good or bad. Now just, he he had his peak what in 2012. Uh, when he was world champion, and then they never capitalised at that point. So, what are they gonna do with him now? He just signs millions of dollar contracts and just does things. Um, <laughs> the broken John's heart is John had a picture of Dolph Ziggler winning money in the bank as his background until the bandwidth couldn't handle it. They had to do the background. <laughs> well, a re- that was the reason the bandwidth was just was was doing the right thing there. Um, <laughs> right. So, so what have I done so far? So I've went up. Then uh, what's left? Um, oh God, the Forgotten Sons were there. <laughs> <laughs> that about says it all, to be honest. Um, and then so, and Tamina is there as well. <laughs> it was. I don't know what's happening with SmackDown. They've got some good stuff with Sonya and Mandy, so that's great. Put over that. They've got Tamina in a title picture, so that's bad because Tamina's been there for about ten years this year. And she still wrestles like it's her first week. And, uh, I think. Anyway, I'm not a wrestler. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I don't know if, if she's good or bad or, or in between. But she looks like she doesn't know what she's doing. And she looks confused a lot of the time as well. And for someone being there 10 years, shouldn't look so confused. I think. I think Tamina's a really odd one because... <sighs> The crowd really couldn't care less about her, and I think I'm not being. I'm trying not to be harsh when I say that. The crowd could not care less about her, but a lot of the female wrestlers really love her. Like Nikki Cross has gone on about how how she loves her backstage. So I don't know. How, I don't know how she is backstage, but it's just a it's an odd one that she's getting the push again. Even with an empty crowd, I can feel the air just leave <laughs> the arena when Tamina's out. Um, I'm sure she's lovely. So what was the match of the night then, Billy? Oh, God. Uh, right. I'm going to go with Daniel Bryan versus Corbin, I think. Even with the DQ finish, um, it was still a really great match up until uh, the DQ and Cesaro and Shinsuke and all that kind of stuff. But considering what, what else was on the show, that was by far the biggest highlight. Fair enough. Um, let's move on to Raw from last night, Yari. So um, this isn't a biddy, but the one thing I just want to mention is a wee bit of an annoyance that uh, Alex mentioned earlier with AEW. 
the same thing happened with Titus O'Neill and uh, Bobby Lashley, where they were wearing almost exactly the same gear, uh, where they were in black with a kind of yellowy gold trunks and tights, which that is a pet hate of mine as people wearing the gear that makes them look like a tag team when they're against each other. But that wasn't a bury. Um, the overall match I'm going to bury, which is an odd one, because gauntlet matches, I normally love gauntlet matches. Um, you know, we've seen great ones with Seth Rollins getting made a star than when he was lasted an hour in one. Kofi Kingston was, it was already a star before it, but he's shown during a gauntlet match with an amazing one with Ruby, uh, Ruby Riot a wee while ago. But this gauntlet match was not good. Um, it was very, you know, they had Bobby Lashley come out, they had him run through a load of folk, which I don't mind. I would quite like us to get a Bobby Lashley push. Um, but he, he ran through a load of folk and then got eliminated by disqualification for touching the referee. It was just kind of, uh. And then after that, they had Humberto Carrillo have an amazing showing for no real reason. We've not seen him for a long time. Mm. He yet again ran through Zelina Vega's faction, who can't buy a win. I said that last week. That is a real annoyance. And then AJ Styles returns, which was amazing. It was well, his OC top. It was great to see him back. It's always great to see him back. Um, but there was no explanation. So the full gauntlet match for me was just, you know, it was easy to watch. It was fine. It didn't drag on too much. It lasted an hour. It had about six or seven competitors in it. It was okay, but for, as far as gauntlet matches go, it needs to be buried because there's been such high standards set for gauntlet matches that it was just not amazing. Um, yeah. My second bury um, is Akira Tozawa's theme tune. Akira Tozawa came out. No, I'm just done. Before <laughs> what mess with Akira Tozawa's theme tune? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, my second bury, um, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm making a habit of this. I said last week that I hate um, burying booking decisions. But I really didn't like seeing Vink and Thorne beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Yeah, I think Cedric Alexander and um, Ricochet have been doing very well. I thought, you know, Vink and Shane Thorne didn't need the Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne didn't need the, the win. It was a bit of an odd one. It was an okay match. I quite enjoyed the match, but I just didn't like the result. And I feel like, you know, Ricochet and Alexander, you could have just they, they could have lost eventually, you know, losses don't hurt everybody, but I just thought you could have kept going with them and, and had a bit, a bit a better run before they gave them the loss, the first loss. That, that's, I think that's a ridiculous booking decision. You know, how buried has Alexander and Ricochet been on that main roster? Jesus, man. I think Aye. was just like, I heard Ricochet and Cedric Alexander one last week, Paul sorted that out and just left the room. Aye. <laughs> it was just, you know, because um, like Vink and uh, Thorne last week, MVP kind of introduced him. He's meant to be like kind of a manager. He didn't accompany them to the ring or anything because there was still a VIP lounge at the start of the show. It was just a bit odd. It was a good match, but it was just a bit odd. And I feel like it's, it's probably good that they're pushing these two, but it's the kind of thing where pushing them over the wrong people and not having enough character development to them is probably going to get them a worse reputation than it is a better reputation it was just I didn't, I didn't like it so I need to bury it uh, and in, in terms of the putting over I'm, I'm repeating myself here I'm not going to put over Drew McIntyre this week don't worry um, but I'm putting over Liv Morgan uh, I've, I've mentioned it before I don't like Charlotte appearing on both NXT and Raw I think just keep her at Raw uh, sorry just keep her at NXT if she's a champion uh, but she appeared on Raw and who interrupted her but Liv Morgan and I just loved the kind of you know the long term story uh, long term storytelling uh, Liv Morgan was written off TV by Charlotte she had to go and find herself uh, she came back out interrupted Charlotte she didn't directly address that she just made some subtle hints and then I really liked the match I thought they had a good match and uh, you know I've, I've been saying it for weeks Liv Morgan for me 
as the, the most improved wrestler of 2020. Um, definitely in WWE, probably overall for me. I think she's been absolutely brilliant. So I definitely think Liv Morgan needs to be put over. Um, and my other put over, you know, I mentioned earlier that I hated the gauntlet match. I, I thought that just, I hated a strong word, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, I thought it could have been a lot better. Aside from the gauntlet match, I'm going to put over absolutely every other match that was on. There was no enhancement matches, which is the one thing that I've been boning about for weeks. And every other match was uh, booked right, and every other, other match was quite enjoyable. So I'm just putting over, you know, every match that listed the gauntlet match. And can you pick a match tonight from that selection? Not the gauntlet match. Not the gauntlet match. No, um, so match of the night. Again, there was a wee bit of confusion about this. I was certain last week that this match was billed as a title match, and I didn't know it wasn't up until the result happened. But the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits was absolutely incredible. Um, I've said that for a few weeks. I'm no massive on tag team wrestling. No for any reason. It's just never been something I've really connected with. But this was an incredible tag team match. I really enjoyed it. Um, apart from the fact that I thought the Viking Raiders had won the titles when it ended. But I thought it was a great match. So definitely one to go back and watch. Cool. Well, uh, thanks very much for coming on, Billy, and doing Smackdown for us, mate. Really appreciate that. Um, just no for anyone that wants to get in touch with the Scottish Wrestling Network, how do they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter most days because we're working from home, so I definitely don't spend my day on Twitter. Uh, at Scott Resnet, so, uh, or just type in Scottish Wrestling Network, you'll find me somewhere. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, online. I think we've got a Tumblr. I don't know. <laughs> Might have a TikTok by the time this goes out. Who knows? Wow! Wow! Um, oh, no, no, maybe not. But uh, yeah, if, if you look up Scottish Wrestling Network, I'm sure you'll find us. And if you want to write about Scottish wrestling, give me a shout. We're just needing all the content because there's no wrestling happening. So let's just uh, fill your eyes with wrestling writing instead. <laughs> Love it, um, and uh, good luck with the clan warfare. Of course, you can vote for us. We're taking on these jabronis, two and a half men, Mark Monroe, Ace Anderson, and Dylan Angel, with Mike Tyson and a tiger. Try to be all funny in that. <laughs> Very good, boys. We'll see who wins tomorrow. Uh, get voting for Chips, Cheese, and Donner, mate, as we're going to go under now. So get voting for us in that. And uh, good luck with the rest of the tournament. I'm pretty sure we're going out in the first round, Billy, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> Never know. You might be the finalist. You might be back on here in a, couple, in a week's time and you'll be the, the, in the final. Right. What, what do we win, by the way? Is there cash on the line? You win nothing but uh, bragging rights. Right. Twitter so. plays. Twitter plays. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it on your bio. <laughs> thank you very much. And remember, if you want to get your buddy in putovers for anything in wrestling, remember, we'll get them on the flagship show with Robin Grego this week. So hit us up at Wrestling Daft on Twitter, Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad, 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 bad news. It's the Wrestling News Daddy Cassidy. <laughs> Listen, Alex, you can play. I've got the sound and everything now. After your moaning about me blinking singing it, I've got the music and everything now. So. You're a professional, John. I would expect nothing less. <laughs>
Gary, what has been happening? I mean, I mean, obviously we're in this lockdown. There's well, there is wrestling going on, but there's not. It doesn't seem to be a lot of massive news. What's been going on this week, mate? No, again, it's been it's been odd. Um, this week, people might be glad to hear we've not got much coronavirus news. Um, that's been dominating for the past few weeks. So, so nothing like that. Everything else is a wee bit more uh, light-hearted, kind of. Um, but I, AJ Styles returning on Raw mentioned it there. That was obviously the, the big news. <sighs> it was killed, in quotation marks, at WrestleMania when he was buried. The only, the only wrestler, I'll say it's acceptable to say, has been buried the past few weeks. He was buried in the Boneyard match against Undertaker. Um, and he's made his way into the Money in the Bank match. Uh, Money in the Bank happening this week, you know, he replaced Apollo Crews. Dave Meltzer has revealed <coughs> revealed um, that the plan was not originally for AJ Styles to return. Um, it was originally planned to be off TV for much longer, but plans changed a few weeks ago. <sighs> the original idea, that's the quote, the original idea was to come out longer, but I think with the ratings falling, it's kind of like we can't adhere to this Undertaker stipulation for a guy who's not hurt. When so many guys are hurt and not coming, so he's willing to come. Blah, blah, blah. Um, mentioned it before, you know, I've got, I've got respect for a lot of stuff Dave Meltzer does. Um, he's been about for years. But this, that, um, the words I think in that sentence are doing a lot of work. Uh, because man, Money in the Bank is happening this Sunday, but it's, of course, pre-recorded. And I think most people know that. It was recorded way back on April 13th, the week commenced on April 13th, I believe 13th or 14th is when they recorded this match. WrestleMania, of course, took place on April 4th or 5th, which is a week before. Obviously, that was also pre-recorded. I think that was uh, March 25th or 26th. Still about less than two weeks in between that. If they were going to have AJ Styles off television for longer than that, and, you know, it's the thing is, you know, Apollo Crews is out injured. Obviously, Apollo Crews was never in the match because it was recorded way back on April 13th. So the fact that he qualified after the match has been recorded means it was never the plan anyway. The other thing that I'm seeing is ratings, or it's because the ratings are low. They wouldn't have had enough time to account for a post-WrestleMania bump if that was the case. So Dave Meltzer has said that that was the plan um, to keep AJ Styles off television for longer. I would go out on a limb and say it was most definitely not an AJ Styles that's always meant to be in the match. Um, but who am I to say? It's not like Dave Meltzer to talk shit, is it? <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll uh, plead the fifth on that one. So far, have you not learned from your mistakes? Because first of all, you had your journal in, in a certain football show in NXT, and I think the next guest you're going to be introduced to is a certain Mr. Dave Meltzer. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on, Dave. Bring it on. Um, Zach uh, Ryder, obviously, has been out talking after he's been freed now as well. He's out doing the circuit. Ah, yeah. So, um, obviously, he's one that a lot of eyes are on, heading into whenever the 90 days is up. I believe it's the middle of July. Um, but in that time, they're free to talk and talk as openly as they wish, uh, which a few of them have chosen to do. Zach Ryder's one of them. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, him being the internet champion back when he first, I think when he first started in WWE, it was many years ago anyway, um, but it was, you know, the internet champion, that's how he ended up with his big break. Apparently the reason the belt never appeared on TV, which this is something I hadn't actually noticed that the belt didn't appear on TV, because yeah. I felt like it was getting still referred to as internet champion, um, but he said that apparently people thought it was being a mark for himself. Um, on this show, we don't mind people being marks for ourselves anyway. Um, but apparently, that's uh, <laughs> that's what uh, that's what the the thinking was anyway. 
he had kind of argued that, you know, it didn't ever mean it to be a legit championship, which I think is kind of obvious anyway. And it was more like the million-dollar man's belt where it was meant to be more of a prop um, and, and kind of lead with that gimmick. And I think it even, when I actually checked this, and I think it actually was meaning it more than a, you know, it wasn't being a mark for himself with being an internet champion. It was kind of like a self-deprecating thing that he was doing. Um, but, you know, I, I felt that he was getting himself over quite well at that time. Obviously, they had a few wee moments, but he said that despite it, you know, it being a thing that he was referred to, despite him having merch weight on it, he was never allowed the belt on TV because people thought he was being a mark for himself, which I thought was kind of strange, but oh well. And I, I mean, the thing is, though, that was so over. At the time when he was doing the scene, uh, on True Stories, it was like, it was so over that. I mean, he was, I've heard people say he was the first to take YouTube and the first to, to kind of start shooting on YouTube and doing his own thing and going out. Look at all the wrestlers that do it now. You know, he was the first there to do that. And that internet championship, I mean, and watching the YouTube series that he did, it was so over. So I, I thought it was just really strange that WWE didn't push the button on that or, or him for a game that matter. I mean, I know he got his chance down the line, but at that time... I, when people were chanting, I, I talked about it before, when people were chanting his name, when the rock's in the ring, you know, saying, uh, what, Ryder? You know, what? What? Why not? Push the button. Anyway, so. Um, he's also got over 2 million followers on Twitter, which I know it doesn't account for, like, stuff in wrestling, but the fact he's got, like, at the very least, some crossover appeal and a, a massive following. Uh, odd. Very odd. Talking about odd, there is some strange shit going on with Roman Reigns. Harry, <laughs> fill us in. Like, this, is, this is bizarre. So I can lead into this way. I'm even strange. Uh, maybe no even stranger. This isn't quite as strange, actually. But yesterday, WWE uh, released, you know, they released these full matches on YouTube. And it kind of normally flies under the radar. They don't mention it on television, but they mention it on social media and post the YouTube video. They posted the video of uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank. I want to say 2016, might have been 15, I want to say 2016. Um, the one where Dean Ambrose cashed in and all the Shield members held the title on the same night. They completely cut out Dean Ambrose for that video. So they had the Roman Reigns-Seth Rollins match at full on YouTube earlier yesterday that was just posted. And completely cut it off right before Dean Ambrose's music hit from the cash in. Last night, they're running through all the money in the bank. I think it was greatest money in the bank moments because it wasn't the wasn't cash ins. They had, you know, the Shelton Benjamin flip off the ladder and stuff like that. All the good stuff. Um, obviously, the Seth Rollins cash-in was the main one. That was, you know, the greatest money in the bank moment. They'd edited it, edited it slightly strangely. Um, so we see, you know, obviously, if you've seen the match, you know it's going to be the Brock Lesnar as Seth Rollins has run to the ring. If you didn't know any better, you might not know who it was, and you wouldn't have found out because uh, Seth Rollins ran to the ring, and then it was cut in such a way that it looked like he hurt a stomp on Brock Lesnar and pinned Brock Lesnar to win the championship. Absolutely no sign of Roman Reigns other than that tiny black dot in the ring for the extreme bird's eye view at the very top of the arena. No idea what's going on. There, there has been rumours uh, that they're trying to keep the mention of Roman Reigns off television. Again, no idea why. You know, No idea if it's true for a start because obviously they had mentioned to put him up on YouTube. Um, but that last night would kind of lead you to believe that there might be some truth in it. It would make you think, why are they maybe doing it just because they don't know how long this current situation is going to go on, they don't know when he's going to be back, or do they maybe want to keep it for a big surprise when he's back and hope that you know he gets a, a big pop if there's crowds in the building. But I just find it really strange. 
for a start, obviously, because they, they completely, I know WWE are no strangers to bending history a little bit, um, but because they bent history a wee bit, and then also because they kind of made it look like Seth Rollins pinned Brock Lesnar. It's a bit of a strange one, but, oh well. So I think it's potentially because they kind of promised the storyline for why Reigns wasn't at WrestleMania, the match just pistled away, and so maybe they're just trying to, like, cover everything up and not mention Roman until he returns in six months and he can get a babyface pop. Uh, I think that is. I think that's the more likely thing. I think it, it's probably a combination of them not knowing how long they'll be without him, so not really wanting to mention him, and then he's not there the following week. Uh, probably that, and you know, it has been polarising. They might get a big pop when he returns if nobody expects it. If the music hits, the instinct might not be to shout boo. <laughs> it might be to cheer him. You never know. Am I being the only one that's cynical here and thinking that has he pissed off Vince that he pulled out so late in the day to that from that Goldberg match and obviously they had to switch the big plans down that Vince has just went, well, I'm throwing, throwing the toys at the time and saying, well, just get him off the telly. Get him off. I don't want to mention uh, Edom out that bit. You know, I just find it really... Am I being cynical or... Maybe yeah. because it's Roman. Aye, uh, that's the thing. I think he's got such good grace in the company that I, I wouldn't directly lead down that line. It's, it's definitely a possibility because, I mean, why else would you keep him off TV? His name alone for me, I think, has got a lot of star power that even just having him in a highlight reel is probably good for the product rather than bad mm. for the product. And I thought he did have such, you know, such good, um, I don't know, he's such well, uh, he's so well thought of in the company that it, it's really odd for him to have any kind of heat for lack of a better word so I just I found it really strange but I didn't believe that uh, that line until I saw the package last night and I was like oh maybe maybe there is a wee bit of something to this and of course the biggest news of the week is of uh, Matt Riddle uh, talking about the heat he has backstage that's been doing the rounds everywhere but we've got the interview with Gary we'll have that interview up very very soon on the show <laughs> So, welcome to uh, Fancy's Booking Island. Um, the rules have changed over the last couple of weeks. We now have two islands. One of the marks goes to one island, the other mark goes to the other island, and the other mark puts in a boat in the middle as we fancy book something from the world of wrestling. Now this week, I won last week when I uh, fancy booked Charlotte's uh, title run. Uh, in NXT. Not still high on that, are you, John? Not still very high on oh, that. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you know. So uh, this week the task was set to Alex and Gary. So it's Alex versus Gary on a fantasy booking island book-off. Um, so, gentlemen, um, I asked you this week to book the male winner of Money in the Bank and then work out how, where and when they cash it in. I thought it was a relatively easy task, but we'll see how you get on. Um, Alex, could it come to you first since you've got one victory under your belt so far in, the, in this? Sorry, two, two victories. Two. Two, right, okay. Two, you've got two victories under your belt, so we'll come to you first. Um, and we'll ask, you've got three minutes to try and book the Money in the Bank winner and the cash in. Go. First of all, before we time timer starts, I just want to thank Gary for the inspiration behind this idea. Oh no! <laughs> stealing from Gary, this could be minus points. Right, you ready to go? At the end if you don't get it. Okay, right. 
Okay, so before the Money in the Bank match, we have Selena Vega trying to convince Rey Mysterio to join her little crew so she's got an entrant in the match. Rey obviously pans her off. So we start down in the reception of Titan Towers. Everyone does their little entrance through the front doors of Titan Towers and has to come in and sign the little login book. <laughs> I love Baron. Comes through the door is Baron Corbin. Baron comes in on his on his throne, right? And everyone just looks at him and just goes, "Meh, fuck it." And they all just piling on Corbin and just beat him down and destroy his throne and lock him in a storage cupboard or something. So that's that's him knocked out of the match. So we're then going to go up to the first floor because we're claiming Titan Towers here. So on the first floor we have a physical museum of the WWE Hall of Fame. So at this point, Otis gets attacked by a statue of Hulk Hogan, but it's not Hulk Hogan. Stop saying. <laughs> Out the match. We then go up to the third floor and we're in the offices now, right? So suddenly, out of nowhere, Daniel Bryan gets hit with a sledgehammer and then put through a desk and the door closes and it's Triple H's office. We then go up to the roof and on the roof, so AJ starts getting very vocal like he was on Raw and talking about throwing black and Mysterio over the roof. So he attempts to do so, in which Mysterio reverses it into some kind of 619 with a flagpole or some nonsense and basically AJ Styles gets thrown off the roof. He is now comedy bump WWE King. It's obviously <laughs> right? So we come along, we have Black versus Ray, and obviously Lilina Vegas goons interfere, take out Ray, and leave Black alone in the ring to claim the briefcase. There we go, Alistair Black, money in the back winner. So, continuing on, obviously he needs a champ to go after, so Drew continues blasting out all the hits, takes out all the big guns, goes through Rollins, goes through Randy, just every ex-champion. Gender, obviously, in that as well. Meanwhile, Black goes on a similar path, essentially beating everyone that Drew's beating. So we're building up to a big match. At this point, Drew starts rivalry with Andrade and Zelina Vega. So we build up, that's your main event for SummerSlam. You have, maybe not SummerSlam, let's push it at Clash of Champions so it can be a champion versus champion match, but for the title, right? Right, so end of the match, basically, Drew wins the match and Vega orders a beatdown on Drew. So then, so she's basically standing there and Andrade is standing over McIntyre. As Selena Vega low blows Andrade and throws him out the ring, gets on the mic, says we're having one more match tonight, and calls out her husband, Alistair Black, to the ring. Who then black masses Drew McIntyre, pins him one, two, three, wins the title. So Selena Vega's faction has been a ruse the entire time to get uh, her husband, Alistair Black, the WWE Championship. That's why they can never win a match. Because it's all a setup. Ah, I like that. I so like that. Was, so that was why Gary inspired it. Because every week, <laughs> you understand why they can't get a win. Why they're not? Because it's designed that they can't get a win. That's good. That is good. Right, a couple of things I really like about. I love the image of them coming into the Titan Towers and having to sign in the visitors book. That is a brilliant, brilliant start. Well, I think we've got it. Like, I've got a lot of faith in this money in the bank match. Like, after the Boneyard and the Butterfly Funhouse, I think they can do some really good stuff. Here. A statue of Hulk Hogan coming alive as well. Plus points for that. Love that. Um, and AJ Styles dying twice. Great. Because <laughs> you can pre-produce it. You can easily throw someone off the roof of Titan Towers. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. The only AJ Styles is essentially Kenny from South Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's going to be like a million lives of AJ Styles. <laughs> a million ways to die in a WWE ring featuring AJ Styles. I haven't quite figured out the title yet, but we'll get there. It's oh, so a shame that the club aren't still about because then obviously they could have had like, them as going, Oh my God, they killed AJ. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Um, the other thing I was going to say, now, am I, am I totally wrong? I thought it, 
the whole thing was that there's just going to be a ring on top of Titan Towers. Are they yeah. actually fighting through the building? No, yeah, they go for ground four up. Oh, really? They need to get to the roof, aye. That's so, exactly um, both matches are on at the same time. Aye, right. both matches. And the rumour is that apparently the match is going to start at the start of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view and end at the end of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. So right. while the matches are going on and the performance centre will be cut to things that are happening in Titan Tower. Right, oh, wow. That's that, a good way that's... to do it, actually. I like that, because I was trying to think, will it kind of main event the show? Will it be like a 45-minute pre-produced match? Which might be a little bit of overkill, but yeah. anything in like that, I really like that idea. I like that, right. Well, I like it, Alex. I really like that. There's a lot to beat there, Gary. There's a lot to beat. But I'm sure you are the man to do it. Just tell me when you want to start the timer, my friend. Well, uh, I'm going to accept defeat already because I'm on a, a zero for three if I lose this, but feel free to start it and hopefully I'll be in time this time. Go. So, uh, I've got it starting, not quite the same way as Alex, uh, because I didn't think of the sign-in thing, but I've got, you know, they're fighting through the WWE head bottles, almost like the, the Super Bowl ad we saw many years ago. Very cinematic. I've got the one wee spot where they get thrown through an office door, Vince McMahon's office, and who's sitting there? The big boss man. Um, the Firefly Funhouse uh, puppet of Vince McMahon. Uh, they're all battling away. Obviously, both matches are happening at the same time. We get Rey Mysterio and Daniel Bryan, a few wee nice hookups that we never thought we'd get. Nia Jax starts elim no eliminating, but starts taking out those two. She's got history with Rey Mysterio for the Royal Rumble as well. We get a wee bit of, you know, back and forth with those. Everybody's laying each other out, and then we get, we're at the top of the tower. Everybody's out here, and Otis starts climbing the ladder. Otis is climbing the ladder, he reaches up and grabs the briefcase, but it is the white briefcase, and he shouts, this is for my peach, and says, I'm giving this to Mandy Rose, ends up, he, he doesn't quite get it unhooked, Nia Jackson beats him up, she takes the women's case, Otis is out of the game, and then, you know, we've got Daniel Bryan, we've got Rey Mysterio, all of them are brawling, and the person that grabs the women's case is Asuka, but the person that gets the guy's case is the opportunistic King Corbin. Uh, he gets that. Uh, Black and Styles have been costing each other the match. We end up going forward. They have a best of three going into uh, SummerSlam, culminating in like a 30-minute Iron Man match, we'll say. But King Corbin has got the case. Meanwhile, Braun Strowman has beat Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, and we end up with the versus Strowman. They're slugging it out. They're both knocking lumps at each other and then Baron Corbin appears. No music, hits the end of days on both of them and pins Braun Strowman for the championship as the lone wolf, not as King Corbin. So he's there as his old gimmick. And then we end up with uh, Wyatt and Strowman. They go and carry on their own feud. And then uh, Baron Corbin just takes on any comer. The first one, I would say, is Mist uh, Mustafa Ali. And that's the way I've got it. You're in time this week, Gary. Well played. Aye, I was, I, I was sitting going, I'm getting close to this time limit. <laughs> right. Things I really like about your booking. Things I really like about your booking. The Otis Mandy bit is brilliant. The, the, I, I would have had Otis winning it. I would have had Otis winning it for Mandy. Just have him win it. <laughs> I got, had a, you know, and having that payoff and having the briefcase, that's a beautiful thing. I, that, I would, I would, I would be, go back and run and have Nia Jax win it. I would definitely have that. Um, like the fact you're crossing over the two uh, matches as well. That's really good. Um, Firefly Funhouse thing, love that. Yeah, with the uh, Vince in the office. But I'm sorry, Gary. I'm sorry, Gary. <laughs> Nia Jack's winning the case. <laughs> I, can't, winning the I case. can't have money in the bank ending with 
Baron Corbin and Nia Jax. I know. I'm so sorry, mate, because but I'm afraid I've got to see it again and he's got to win again. It's undefeated. There's a streak starting here, boys. There's a streak here. It's good because this means I never need to cut a promo, but it was almost worse. I almost had Shane McMahon turning up on a helicopter and winning the briefcase. So it could have been worse. <laughs> Think of that. Someone could do a bump out of a helicopter. They could stretch them off to like a hospital and then fly it back over and jump out of the helicopter. Brock Lesnar again. Oh. Well, see, do you know what the annoying thing was? Last year's Money in the Bank was like the match was really, really good, but you just sat there the entire time going, whoever's coming at last is winning this. And then it comes <laughs> out and you're like, aww. <laughs> so we don't normally get the big guest, though. For the last couple of weeks, we had the Virtuoso on last week. And this week, we've got Matt Riddle, courtesy of our Mark, fellow Mark, Gary Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, odd one, so last year I just reached out randomly to his marketing company, which is nicely called Bro Sports Marketing, um, and got a wee interview with him ahead of NXT going live on the USA Network. So I was like, well, everything that's going on, I was like, oh, I'll just reach out to him again and see if I can see if I can get another wee interview. And I, uh, oh yeah, we'll set it up, no worries. Uh, it needs to be at 10pm because obviously Matt Riddle's got kids, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a 3 a.m. hour time, so I was pretty knackered. But I got to speak to Matt Riddle, and I will stay up to any time to speak to Matt Riddle, so all good. Absolutely. What can we expect in the chat, mate? Um, a very laid-back Matt Riddle, as you would expect, <laughs> uh, being very open and honest about absolutely everything I asked him. Um, so I asked him about the bros away. I asked him about Timothy Thatcher. Um, my favourite thing for NXT last week, the newly bros show, I asked him about that. And then, of course, I had to ask about some of the the stuff that's been grabbed online, you know, the rumours of backstage heat um, for, for the Royal Rumble, asked him about the Royal Rumble. The one thing he said was catering was good at the Royal Rumble, which <laughs> you would expect. Um, so I asked him about that and then asked him what he thought about Goldfog's most recent run. Um, and at the very end of the interview, you get to hear me attempting the, the rhyme of how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby could, uh, fish could fry fish. Slightly better than I've done that time because I hadn't had a couple of beers. Um, but I asked that uh, and asked if he ever found out the answer, which I got the answer to that, and the answer was five. Um, so listen to then to find out why the answer is five. That's that not the question I wanted to ask. It should be how much fish could <laughs> fish fish if he could fish fish. And I think he could fish more fish than he could fry. <laughs> so here he is. And that's easier to say as well. <laughs> so here he is, the bro himself, Matt Riddle. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Gary Cassidy here, and I'm joined by one half, or I think I should actually say one third of the NXT Tag Team Champions, it's the original bro himself, it's Matt Riddle. How's it going today, Matt? Pretty good, bro. How you doing, Gary? Yeah, yeah, I'm not too bad, man. It's, um, it's a little bit later here than it is where you are, but it's all good. It's not too bad at all. I can't complain when I'm talking to Matt Riddle. Um, so the last time... <laughs> The last time we spoke, um, it was actually right before NXT was about to air on the USA Network. So I think there's only one place I can start, and that is the Newly Bros show. Um, 
Man, I think that might end up being one of my all-time favourite wrestling segments. Between yourself, uh, Tim Thatcher, and Byron Saxton, it was just one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. Um, can I just ask, how and who came up with that? How much creative input did you have into that segment? champion Timothy Thatcher's kind of taking the place of Pete Dunne just now while Pete Dunne's stranded over on this side of the pond where I am um, when Pete returns what's the plan do you think you're going to continue as a three a threesome I should say after what, um, what occurred last night or, um, or will there be some kind of faction or is it going to just go back to you and Pete seen the word uh, stallions branded about which is fitting for yourself I was hoping we would get a new four horsemen called the four stallions if that happened who else would you like to add Well, I, I was supposed to be in the Wargames match and uh, be a champion. 
Johnny got her, I kind of filled in for him to wrestle Finn. And then Pete won that triple threat and had the title match with Cole, but then lost. So me and Pete kind of were left in limbo. We didn't know what to do, and we were two of the more, you know, in my opinion, we were extremely talented, and I think NXT wants to use us as much as possible because we connect well with the audience. And I think they saw the two of us and were like, hey. We always put a random team together for the best team, which they do. Yeah. And let's see what happens. And we did it. We won. And unlike other teams in the past, we won, and then we won the titles. So you know, it's just obviously it just it came to came to be randomly. And I like the idea. Pete was down. Like I said, we we both respect each other's work, even though we're extremely different <laughs> individuals. And. Uh, Honestly, it's it's big goal, and then I feel like since Pete's been stuck overseas, and then Tim Thatcher took his place for the time being, or maybe like you set up action, you know, I think it's it's a perfect fit, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that's, I absolutely love the name Broserweights, but I'd heard two other names banded about, one of which was Feet Done and one was Joint Manipulation. Um, how did the Broserweights come about, and were there actually any other contenders in terms of the names? A joint manipulation was uh, a close second, <laughs> a very close second, you know, because these people have a pretty good submission game, of course he works the hands and yeah. does a little bit more, but the combo of us with the, it, it just, it was a money, it was a money man. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, feet down, that, that was Johnny Gargano. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that guy just wanted to, you know, kick something funny. I mean, it's mean, pretty funny, but uh, never, never a serious contender for a name. <laughs> but uh, Broserweights just seemed easy enough, and we wanted something that wasn't too different from what we were originally. So, like, he's the Broserweight, I'm the bro, Broserweight. So, neither one of us lost anything, and we kept original to ourselves, while still being a new team, you know? Yeah, definitely. And um, one of my favourite things, obviously I mentioned that I absolutely loved the Newly Bros show, but one of my favourite things was seeing you in the Royal Rumble this year, um, which was brilliant because the week before I'd spoken to Triple H uh, during a, a little kind of meeting at the TakeOver Blackpool, and he said that you were the one NXT name that he was really pushing for to have in the Royal Rumble. How was that experience for you?
you know, brush shoulders with Ed, get in the ring with him, and, uh, you know, AJ, just everybody's so great, and the majority of the roster is just so fun to be around and work with, so, honestly, the role was awesome. Yeah, well, that was... <laughs> that's the main thing. Uh, that's the one thing that I, I wanted to ask you there um, about that was, you know, I mentioned that Triple H was well, he was verbally pushing that he wanted you to be in the match. Then there was a, a, a rumour that came out that I thought must have been absolute nonsense about um, oh, Matt Riddle was only in the Royal Rumble for a little short period of time because he has, quote, backstage heat. And I'm like, well, he wouldn't have been in the Royal Rumble if he had heat and he definitely wouldn't have been a tag team champion. Can we just squash that rumour or clarify once and for all? Do or did you have backstage heat at the Royal Rumble? Look, I'll tell you this. Do I have heat with WWE or NXT or the people that run the show? No. Do I have heat with some people that think I'm disrespectful at times <laughs> and don't understand how business works? Yes. Do people take things too serious? Yes. And honestly, Seven 
Sharp match. Give me Keith Lee in a, like a 25 minute main event. And literally, I guarantee you, even with no crowd, they will have all the cameras that three people chanting, this is awesome. Because <laughs> me and Keith Lee are just, it's just like me and Walter. I, I told Sean, like, you gotta get us a threat. Get me a shower, or get me a Walter, or get me Keith Lee. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. The crowd will be going nuts. And it, it, yeah, it's what you want. Yeah. That's the kind of match that I always say, even if there's no crowd in the building, no one would care because they wouldn't be able to take their eyes off of what was happening in the ring anyway. Um, so I've got two two questions to go. One of them, um, I need to take away from Matt Riddle for a second and ask your opinion on something else. You'll probably notice there's been a name that I've not mentioned that everybody will probably mention to you, so I need to ask your thoughts on the guy who's not your bro. Um, Gold his recent return to WWE he came back he beat The Fiend then he lost to Braun Strowman what's your thoughts on him coming back to WWE? It was, Input my insight and my opinion, and that's all I have, you know. So, 
Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people will agree with that. Um, I've got one last question, uh, one final question to ask you. Um, but thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. The final question I need to ask you: Did you ever find out the answer to how much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? that's it for the Mark Show. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or get us wherever you get your podcast. Please, however, don't leave a review like this. This comes from Strath Carnage, who describes the show, and I'm guessing this is not us boys, so don't worry. I'm guessing this is Rab and Grado, and more specifically Grado. He describes the show as an unfocused drunken mess. A shambles shouting at himself, burping rambling collection of nonsense <laughs> adverts. Will either or any of the advertised stars actually turn up this week? Hmm, who cares? They obviously don't. Why should we? Ironically, a new car crash soundbite sums up this whole shambles. Was <laughs> so, that a five-star review by any chance? <laughs> that's some promo he's cut on us, by the way. So uh, that's a one-star. So don't leave a one-star review like that, jabroni. Um, put, five, put five stars down. And say nice things about us, please. You know, it's nice to be nice, you know. So, uh, Do you yeah. know who I think that was? I think that was uh, Dave Meltzer on the Bomber account. That is. <laughs> that, that <laughs> was, exactly. Or that guy uh, with the Everton shirt from NXT who I cut a promo. <laughs> That's Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Yeah, it's Kyle. Damn you, Kyle. Uh, so remember, we're on twice a week. You can catch us on the Mark Show every Tuesday and uh, Grado and Rab on Friday. This Friday show... Grado has left, I've left it in Grado's capable hands. Last week I said he was trying to get a yank, we ended up with Hornswoggle, which was brilliant. Go and listen to that interview. Uh, this week he's also trying to get a yank. Um, who knows who it'll be. Fingers crossed it's a good one. I'm pretty sure he'll pull it out of the bag. Uh, so that's on this Friday. Remember, you can get signed up at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Lots of extra content, including our Patreon party for Money in the Bank, which we're going to have this Sunday. Hopefully Shane McMahon turns up in a helicopter. That would be a <laughs> <laughs> spot, right. spot of the year. Spot of the century. Uh, and before we go, I need to ask about the list of wrestling back. Though I've cocked it up this week. We were asking <laughs> the anniversary of the Montreal screw job. We got through the whole show without mentioning this as what well. What is the most outrageous what is the most outrageous moment in wrestling? It's not the twentieth anniversary of the Montreal screw job. I should have fact-checked that. Um, you're, about, you're about two and a half years too late, John. <laughs> it was that against the, the Money in the Bank cash-ins. But I think, do you know what? What the hell? We're going to do the most outrageous moments and shocking moments in wrestling. Why not? What the hell? What's that? Guys, have you got one that stands out from you beyond the Montreal screw job? How about the boss's daughter not only getting date-raped into marriage, 
but also getting crucified. That's a quite big winner there, Gary. The two that immediately come to mind are two we've mentioned a lot in recent weeks, and it's Katie Vick and then the David Arquette winning the championship. Um, but I think my, my favourite controversial moment or moment that you didn't really expect, I think it's probably during the Chuck and Billy wedding when uh, Eric Bischoff revealed himself as the first oh, man. That's, 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 that's what I love. So, right, right. Was, was there also the, also the time when, uh, when Goldust, because we don't want to defile Dustin's good name, did blackface? Oh, I don't actually remember that, but I, I, I don't even know if I want to Google it. <laughs> no, I don't think you do. Dustin Road's almost getting breasts, must be up there as well. Oh, aye, aye, aye. <laughs> and, and me, me young giving birth to a hand as well, yeah. is probably there just for how bizarre it was. So, we'll go for the most outrageous moments on the list of wrestling daft this week. Guys, thank you very much for joining me as ever. And we'll be marking out at the same time next week. Audio Frontier.